When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Hour number two of Light the Tower on The Horn. Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, no Craig Way today. Craig is, I think he's en route to the West Coast right now, or maybe there already. He's on a plane right now. He's, on a, he's an elite. He left on a jet plane right now. Don't know when he'll be back again. We know Craig will be back tomorrow morning, actually, to call the Texas-Kansas basketball game. But he's got a little baseball tonight against Cal State Fullerton. Longhorns opening up a three-game series. We'll talk more about that at the bottom of the hour uh, in our Longhorn notebook Uh Texas and Cal State Fullerton. You can hear that game, the first of three games. You can hear that tonight here on the Horn. Uh, we will do pregame, pregame at seven thirty or seven forty-five. Excuse me, pregame at seven forty-five. First pitch eight o'clock local time. It's also going to be on ESPN Plus on the TV, so that's the best way to do it. Listen to the call, mute the over-the-air broadcast, get the audio to sync. It's the best way to watch Texas baseball. On the road, ESPN Plus Cam, as I've said, it pays for itself during college baseball season. Because, Using it right now, actually, because now that all these, you know, everybody's got a third tier network, most of it ESPN Plus, you can pretty much watch any Texas road baseball game that you want. What are you watching right now on on Plus? Got some Arnold Palmer Invitational main feed going on right now. There you go. Got some conference. I'm sure we got conference tournaments going on on ESPN Plus too. Not that we're yep. shilling for ESPN Plus, yep. by the way. And uh, if you had ESPN Plus, you could have watched the, I believe, the UT Martin player. Punch someone midcourt during the game last night. Three players ejected, one just meaty left hook. Did you have you seen that video yet? I have not, no. Oh. So last night, I believe it was UT Martin. If I can remember the other team here, I'll bring it up, but do a quick Google search, especially if you're listening, you haven't seen it yet. Uh incredible, incredible moment last night. If I can find it. I've got the audio, I've got the video right here that I'm watching. Um let's see. Oh, yeah, boy, right in the chops, man. That was not – you're not trying to hide that at all. That's just – Yeah, Ohio Ohio Valley Conference the o, Tournament. The, the OVC Tournament. Is that – so UT Martin, and then is that Southeastern Illinois University? What's what's SI, SIU Edwardsville? Okay. <laughs> now we're just making up school names. Yeah, so DeJuan Pruitt uh, just absolutely destroyed UT Martin's Rife and Miguel. Right hook. I mean, we're not talking about slap fight. That's full no, on I mean, that's fist, fist right in the chops. Yeah, that, that was some Tyson Fury stuff right there. That's uh, that's legit, man. All right. So, but if you had ESPN Plus, you could you could have watched that boxing match last night in the Ohio Valley Conference Men's Basketball Tournament. So apparently, the kid that got punched 
went to went to the hospital, and he's also been suspended for the game tonight. I'm reading this from Jeff Goodman. Uh, Rafin Miguel, he was deemed an instigate. He deemed the instigator by the league. Yeah, if you haven't seen the video, so a uh, uh, bucket's made, and I believe the player who was punched is is walking down the court with his hands up, kind of kind of setting a screen, right? Yeah. And the SIU Edwardsville player is like has his head like on his neck. So he's not moving out of the way. And finally he just has enough and I guess reacts, throws a right hook at him, which is a is a great strike. And then the UT Martin player kind of goes back with a left hook a little yeah. bit. Didn't make good contact, but that was enough to be suspended. Here's here's what here's what's you know here's what's interesting about likes to fight guy. Like you you want likes to fight guy on your side. Yeah. You know? But He's going to be the reason why stuff pops off, and it's just, it's a grenade that's going to go off at any moment. You know, like when you know you see movie scenes, like when there's a bomb, like walk carefully, walk, walk, tread lightly. Uh, yeah, you can tr- you got to tread lightly around likes the fight guy because once you trip the wire and the explosion happens, it's on and it's on fast. It's just a switch. My brother, my brother, when he worked at a, at an HEB in Waco, he played in a rec league softball game with. Uh, with likes to fight guy. My brother, this is how lazy my brother is. My brother was a, a catcher in softball, which, I mean, that seems like the biggest slappy position, being the catcher in slow-pitch softball. But a guy swung and missed, and my brother apparently said to the batter, he goes, you're a bleeping winner. And the guy goes, what'd you say to me? <laughs> and my brother apparently gets right in his face and says, you're a bleeping winner. Well, likes to fight guy played on the HEB soft te- softball team in right field apparently. And my brother says he sees him in a periphery, just like full-on John Rocker sprint to home plate, ready to start something. And I was like, so what was your – I was like, what's going through your mind at that point? He said, I'm just thinking i got to prolong this conversation long enough for my guy to get over here and start something. And it's just full-on sprint to the plate, pushes the guy, pushes the instigator, (laughs) pushes the batter like down, and then it was just this big scrum that initiated. But, yeah. Likes to fight guy is ready for stuff to pop off. We haven't seen too many likes to fight guy on Texas. Um, I don't say he was likes to fight guy, but back in his day, man, James Thomas was yeah. not to be trifled. No, with. no, no. Yeah, that that's the, that's the first name that pops to my head is James Thomas. He he's something that you wouldn't want to mess with. I did, and he wasn't one of these fake fake corny NBA guys who you know on on the TV's on you know. He looks like he's about to fight, but off the court, he's you know he's a stuffed animal. He's that's the one guy I would not, yeah, I would not want to be, I would not want to mess with. Uh, am I just remembering this, or did Jason Klotz once get ejected from a game for hitting someone in the jewels? Mm. Dylan Brooks style. Why do I remember? And why do why do I, why do I feel like I was there for that game? It was a game against a home game against Memphis. I want to say he hit somebody in the jewels. I could be off about that, but yeah, James Thomas was the dude that you just look at that guy. Like, oh, don't don't want to mess with that guy. Yes, yeah, so if somebody says on the specs text line, Gabe Maneki. Gabe Maneki was another one of those guys that you know what? I'm gonna do my best not to piss him off because if it starts, I he if it starts, he's gonna make sure he finishes it. So Texas has had Texas had a few of those guys. It's it's been who was probably the last one. I think I can't remember who the last one was off the top of my head. As we've seen in his NBA career recently, Mo Bamba's a fighter. Yeah, didn't know that. 
didn't know Mo had that as part of his game. Man, yeah, during the the, the Penders slash early Barnes years, as somebody else says, Sonny Alvarado was another one of those guys. Just a just a tough dude. Uh, Wes says P.J. Tucker. Again, guys from like the late Penders, the mid to late Penders era to the early Barnes years, there were a lot of guys at Texas that fit that mold of just – if 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 stuff pops off, you're glad that guy's on your side. Yeah, the mid mid two thousands, Thomas, Tucker, those those are definitely two guys. Tucker, I mean, he he's definitely someone that I'd stay away. I would stay fifty yards away from him. Damian James struck me as that kind of guy. Like could could probably like if stuff if stuff got wild, Damian James I could see throwing down. Tough East Texas dude from Nacogdoches. Like Damian James is somebody I wouldn't want to mess with. I'm not going to insult any Texas basketball players by saying who's the guy least like, most likely, like you know, run and hide behind the bench or duck for cover. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to name. I wouldn't know who to name. Maybe there. Uh, yeah, and and great text texter. Uh, the 2005 Texas baseball team. Talk about people not wanting to be trifled with. Seth Johnston, Nick Peoples, Chance Wheeler. It's a bunch of dudes on that team that could probably would throw down. If it came to it, bunch of dogs. Yeah, man, that's that was Cedric Golden. And I were talking about that team the other day because I was covering Baylor at the time, and and that Baylor team went to Omaha. It was a really really good Baylor team. Uh, yeah, Michael Griffin, not the Texas safety Michael Griffin, but the Baylor baseball player Michael Griffin. Mark McCormick was there. He's had a really good starting rotation. Mark McCormick, Trey Taylor, Corey Van Allen, uh, Ryan Lamata as the closer was unhittable, and. Texas uh, Baylor beat Texas four times during the season, swept them in Waco, and then beat them in the Big Twelve tournament. And said said the the quote, you know, they beat Baylor twice in Omaha, and after the first one, um, I forgot how said said he prefaced the question, um, something about does it feel different? You know, did you? Oh, I think it was did you? What did you make a statement? And I think Seth Johnson's reply was, no, we didn't make a statement, but. Understand, this is Omaha. It's not Waco. And Texas proceeded to knock Baylor out of the College World Series that year with the Chance Wheelis shoulder out of the socket home run to right field to finish that game off. So good stuff. Yeah, CB says Isaiah Taylor. Isaiah Taylor could. So, yeah. Oh, come on, Nate. J.D. Lewis would not be the Texas basketball player to run and hide behind the bench. It's J.D. listens to this program. J.D., I'm not going to do that to you. If I need a spot up three, J.D. Lewis is one of the guys, one of, the, one of my first picks. JD may have to address that if he still calls in the Chad and Say show. For be the like fantasy. JD Lewis is up there. AJ Abrams will be up there. Connor Ashley would be up there. Hell, at this point, Serge Barry Rice is getting up there as a guy that if I need a spot up three, I'm I'm probably calling his number. Most but, consistent guy, man. Y'all this see, y'all leave JD alone. I didn't know that this te- that this topic was going to just. Be a bunch of texts tarn- trying to tarn- tarnish the good name of J.D. Lewis. Y'all See, stop. Leave, you started, leave J.D. alone. You started it, Jeff, though. You mentioned what's players I would not mention, which you know every Specs texture is going to come in with guys they would want to be mentioned. Oh, it's just messing with J.D., but y'all leave J.D. alone. J.D.'s good people. Uh, J.D. actually, when I was running the, uh, the Horn Draft Party out at Pluckers, the one where uh, Chad cheated on draft night and had people tipping picks. Wow, Chad's a cheater? Yeah, and I, I I texted him in our group text. I'm like, I thought Aggies didn't cheat. Like he's like, well, yeah, people just kept coming up to me and saying who was going to be drafted. I'm like, Chad, they were tipping picks. They're following Schefter or Ian Rappaport or whoever, and then coming over and cheating the game. So that's a, disappointing. I tried to have some integrity at my watch party on South Lamar. There was none to be found. I forgot where Chad was hosting his at. 
Chad might no, I don't think Chad was a Chad might have been uh that Round Rock location. I think that's where Chad was having his watch party. But I digress at any at any rate. Uh you know what, Cam, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take the break a little bit early right here because you've got a lot to get to in the flex update. I've got Texas baseball and We'll talk about the Gary Patterson situation, and we got some uh, Pete Kwiatkowski audio from the bowl game that Cameron has so expertly prepared at the last minute this morning. I, I want to have plenty of time to get to that, so let's go ahead and hit the break right now. We'll come back, have our flex update, have a Longhorn Notebook, and uh, get ready to wrap it up as we head down the home stretch, not just of this show, but of the broadcast week here on Light the Tower. On the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Rolling along, hour number two of Light the Tower. Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker. Cam, who's who's your favorite all-time Longhorn? Like, can't say Colt, can't say Vince, can't say Katie. Like, uh, aside from the obvious choices, who'd you say your all-time favorite Longhorn? Oh, that's a tough question. I got to think about that. Um, growing up, it was Ahmad Brooks. <laughs> really? Yes, he was. He was my favorite. Not the answer I was expecting, but okay. Ahmad Brooks. Um, Shout out to Brooks if you're listening out there anywhere. Basketball wise, I mean, you know, obviously KD, but you said I can't name KD. So, hmm, that's a good one. Um, maybe Connor Lambert. Connor Lambert, good dude. Because growing up, that's who I wanted to be as a basketball player. Okay. Tall, white, handsome. <laughs> Just not as tall as him. Uh, for me, like I, I can't say TJ Ford either. So you gotta take TJ out. Uh, Brooks Keesnick is pretty obvious for baseball. Calvin Murray would be up there too. Yeah, of, of my favorite long. Actually, I'm sorry, Kyler's uncle. Um, it, obviously for me it's Jordan Spieth. Okay, but I don't know if that really counts. No, you can count Spieth. So I would say like baseball would be. Uh, I would probably I would probably say Cal- Calvin Murray and Danny Peoples probably neck and neck if you, if I got to take Brooks Keesnick out of the equation. Brooks Keesnick was my first favorite Longhorn. Uh, football, Casey Hampton. I'm a big Casey Hampton okay. truther. Just go look at some of Casey Hampton's numbers. And then basketball, uh, pro- I'd probably I'd probably have to go with Terrence Wrencher. Oh, okay. Probably yeah. Probably that, have to that's go a with good Terrence. one. That's probably a, have to go that's with a good gem. Yeah. Terrence Wrencher, Reggie Freeman, too, is in that mix. Getting some great results on the Specs text line. You just opened up a, a can of worms on this one, Jeff. We're going to be getting texts. And you got to and you got to take the obvious. You got to take out the obvious. Like, you say, oh, Colt, what? Yeah, yeah. Colt, okay. Earl, Ricky, Levi, Vince. Earl, yeah. Everybody, everybody likes those guys. Take, take out those guys. Quandre Diggs, good, a good dude, by the way. Uh, Quan, Nate says Quan Cosby. Got Eric Metcalf. Eric Metcalf, underrated Longhorn, underappreciated Longhorn. Dylan Haynes, Eric Metcalf. <laughs> somebody, did kidding. somebody say I'm Dylan kidding. Haynes? No, I'm kidding. Roy Williams, the good. That'd be my dad's favorite. The good Roy Williams, not the evil Roy Williams. CB says Johannes Papa Petru. It's probably here it's for one, one year or two. I can't remember, but you know that guys From in Greece, guys in that vein. The, the, you know, they don't have numbers hanging on the wall, but guys that were just good dudes, good players. That kind of your first good memories, good vibes as a Longhorn. For me, like out again, if I take to take away Brooks Keesnick, somebody that doesn't have a number on the wall, it's either Calvin Murray or, or Danny Peoples for baseball. Like I said, basketball, probably Terrence Rancher. Uh Chris Owens would be up there for basketball for me too. 
And then football, Casey Hampton. I just Casey Hampton's numbers. Uh, you, know, you go look at it. He he had over a hundred tackles, Cameron, as a nose tackle his senior year, getting like double team, triple team. Had a, over a hundred tackles. He was an absolute monster, a beast, and underrated. When you make when the Pittsburgh Steelers put together an anniversary team. And you make the cut for the defensive line along with like Mean Joe Green yep. and LC Greenwood and Dwight. Basically, like it's you and the Steel Curtain. You had a really good career. You had a damn good career. You had a Hall of Fame worthy career. He, he's part, part of that Texas era where there was just so many, so many incredible players that it's hard to just pick one because if you, you know, if you pick Casey Hampton, you're leaving out. Leonard Davis, right? Yeah. You're leaving out it's Texas Roy Miller. Travis Mays for basketball. Nate's trying to get back in J.D. Lewis's good graces. That is appreciated. Uh, uh, this Longhorn Bear. Longhorn Bear says Britt Hager and uh, Blake Brockermeyer. Billy Bates for baseball. That's another one. James Brown for football. Wait, Don- can we back up? Did someone say Brecken Hager? Hager? Britt Hager, Brecken's dad. Okay, okay. Just uh, making sure. Yeah, Donnie Little. That's a that's a good one. Um Oh, this is a good one. Tyson King said, for football, that's the reason why I wore number 50. Uh, thank you. Shout out to Stu, uh, Stu, Stu. Suplex Stu, Sideline Stu, Super Bowl Stu, whatever iteration of Stu, Stu Myrick is uh, on a given day. Peter Gardere, uh, Roger Luce and Brooks Kieschnick, Butch Hadnot, Daniel Gibson, St- Sid Mill Harris, James Thomas, Royale Ivy, uh, any members of those Final Four teams. Booby Stone- Gibson. Stoney Clark for the fourth down stop. Uh, B.J. Tyler for basketball. Uh, James Brown, Damian James, Kiki De Ayala, another vote for Damian James, Jay Brent Cox. So those are the kinds of answers that we're looking for. All right, got to pause that conversation. We've got to get to uh, Cameron's going to take it away now with our Flex update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Cameron, you are the voice of uh, Round Rock Baseball now, right? Beginning Tuesday night. Yeah, so Jeff Onaveros, Round Rock guy. I mentioned Nick Peoples, Round Rock mm-hmm. guy. Chance Wheelers, Round Rock guy. A lot of, lot of really good Round Rock products to the 40 acres. And another one coming up, possibly. If he's not selected in the MLB draft, Austin Todd, Round Rock guy. Yeah, he spent what seven? He spent more time at UT than he did at Round Rock. I believe. Yeah, uh, Austin Todd came in the same recruiting class with Calvin Murray. By the way, I didn't know if you guys knew that, but yeah. But anyway, go ahead, take it away, Cam. What do we got for hoops regional tournament time? Yeah, so let's start off. Well, actually, I want to start off with so Wednesday night's flex show uh, with Zach Lucero, Nolan Holgan, and myself. We had we had a great show. We welcomed in basically the entire Huddle Hippo Nation. We had head coach Will Compton who course was at Buda Johnson now he's the head coach at Hutto he joined for a quick 15-20 minute conversation with me Zach and Nolan turns out he's a grill master Jeff really big fan of the grill uh so check out that conversation that's podcast at hornfm.com but we also had Will Hammond and Alex Green live in studio for the entire show uh two great kids now Hammond is a Texas Tech commit and he's pretty solid. So for Texas fans, Tech offered him really early. Yeah, and they he him and Joy McGuire have a good connection. He's been offered by Auburn, A and M, Tennessee, and we'll get more offers because he's he's heading into he's a rising senior. But he's pretty solid at Texas Tech. Uh, he's one of the few kids who who believes that 
When I'm committed, I'm not going to visit anywhere else. I'm committed because that's the choice of school. We don't really see that a lot. Actually, you know who to love him is uh, Mr. Blowing and going, insert the fire holes in my mouth, head coach up at Oklahoma, Brent Venables, because uh, <laughs> no one else does that. And then Alex Green, him and Hammond combined for almost 500 yards of total offense in their 41-38 victory against Weiss last year. Not, not the year the huddle wanted, started out 3-1, and one, missed the playoffs, but they're a team to watch. Alex Green, he just got offered, I believe, by Western Kentucky. And he's getting some he's getting some offers or getting some looks at now. He'll be visiting a Rocky Top, Tennessee, coming up. So two kid, two kids. Make sure you check out the conversation at flexatx.com. Uh, some great work from Derek Cohen and Jacob Standard putting up some digital content. So check out the Flex ATX uh, Instagram feeds, Twitter, TikTok, whatever for some good conversation and uh, keep an eye out because we got some good stuff coming up the rest of the summer. That's it for the huddle side. Now you mentioned basketball. Craig Way will be at the girls' UIL state championships. Unfortunately, no one from the Austin area will make it. But uh, those games start, I believe they actually started uh, yesterday, 1A, 3A, 5A, and they continue all the way through the finals, which begin Saturday. Uh, some great teams, Lubbock Cooper and Frisco Liberty, two of the top teams. So check out that. And the boys, now, unlike the girls, there's still some Austin teams alive, Jeff, and you know one of them very well, San Marcos, Malik Presley. Yep, might be uh, might be a future Texas Longhorn. Shout so out to the Rattlers. So if you're interested, in maybe catching up some catching some high school basketball, or if you want to watch on the NFSHS Network, San Marcos and Warren they play tonight, 5:30 tip, and then I believe right after that, Stony Point mm-hmm. in Brennan, which is going to be a really good ge- really good game. Stony Point and San Marcos rated top ten in the state so they might be headed for a collision because if they both win then they would play saturday at 2 p.m oh man i would oh i know if i didn't have texas ku i would be there that'll that'll be a good game i really hope that's your regional final in 6a region four what what uh coach antoine thompson's doing at sony point uh they're they're a really fun team to watch uh great ball movement love watching josiah mosley there's a lot of teams in high school basketball i've noticed jeff is they have one really good athlete right and they have three other four guys, you know, who are they're good basketball players, but they're not nowhere near the level of possibly this either D1 commit or a D1 football commit. Mm-hmm. Stony Point, they have Josiah Mosley, a three-star, but John Eric, Josiah Bunton, Tiki Moore, they're just as good, and they know how to move the ball around. It's not just one guy doing all the scoring. It's the entire team. There's multiple times where Josiah might have two points, and it's Tiki Moore and, and Josiah Bunton who have 15, and then Mosiah just ends up taken over. Josiah ends up taking over. So two games to watch out for tonight. Stony Point and Brennan, 7.30 p.m. tip. Right before that will be San Marcos in Warren. Winner of those two games will play each other Saturday to head to the state tournament. Hey, by the way, you don't need the hard O on San Marcos, by the way. How do you say Marcus. Marcus? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I'm still learning how to say Waxahachie correctly. Waxahachie? Wax? Mm. Why is it spelled wax then, Jeff? I don't know. I'm, I'm still learning. I'm from the East Coast. I'm sorry. Uh, Chad Hastings has been trying to teach me how to pronounce these Texas. It's all right, Cameron. Just I'm, hey. I'm, I'm slowly getting there, um, but I, I can't get the, the Southern out of me. <laughs> I got you. All right. Thank you, Cameron, for our, uh, our flex update. Now let's go ahead and get to this hour's edition of the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It is a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, BowersockTeam.com. That's where you go to get connected with your Longhorn lender. Let Aaron and her team do for you 
What she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to Georgetown, Craig has nothing but good things to say about the home loan process, how easy and seamless Aaron made it, the burden she took off of them. So get in touch with Aaron. Bowersockteam.com. Aaron Bowersock is your longhorn lender. All right, uh, real quick, Cam, again, just to reiterate, Texas and Kansas tomorrow on the hardwood, 2.30 with the pregame, 3 o'clock tip. It's Craig and Eddie with the call from courtside at Moody Center. You can hear that game here on the Horn and across the Austin Radio Network. Also, we've got baseball starting tonight, 7.45 with the pregame, 8 o'clock with the first pitch. It is Texas on the road at Cal State Fullerton. No changes to your weekend rotation for the Longhorns. It'll be Lucas Gordon taking that 0.84 ERA to the mound tonight. Zane Morehouse goes tomorrow. And then on Sunday, it'll be Travis Staley looking for his first win of the year. Keep this in mind, though. David Pierce did say after the LSU game that it is not too early to start talking about LBJ, LeBaron Johnson Jr., as a part of the weekend rotation. Maybe for that Sunday role. Charlie Hurley's also coming along. Maybe he can be your long, a long relief guy, maybe a week uh, midweek starter. you got the double midweek coming up next week, too, uh, with Sam Houston and Mercer before you get into a three-game series with Manhattan next week. So where does LBJ fit in? Does Charlie Hurley maybe get the start in what would probably, I guess at this point, maybe be a bullpen game for one of the two midweek games? Probably more likely that Mercer game. And then you got the three-game series with Manhattan. So if you're Texas, you've got some time to figure some things out before you get to the end of the month when the 24th, 25th, and 26th Texas Tech is going to come to town for a three-game series to open up Big 12 play. Cam, anything top of mind for you uh, as far as baseball goes before we move on? Well, to pick your brain about the rotation with LBJ, like, would do you think it would definitely be Travis Steely that he would obviously Lucas Gordon's number one and Nightmare is probably I don't know if he's locked in at number two, but you think if anything it would be that Sunday spot for LBJ? I, yeah, I, I think so because I, I think Zane Morehouse, based on the work he put in from fall ball through the winter and then through you know preseason, I think this coaching staff feels like Zane Morehouse has earned the right to to work through some things and 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 to get a chance to see if he can be the Saturday guy. Uh, I mean, David Pierce said he thought long and hard about the decision for the Friday night guy between Gordon and Morehouse. I mean, Lucas Gordon's clearly the number one arm on this staff, but I think Zane Morehouse is definitely safely in the weekend rotation. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna send LBJ out to the mound, I think his stuff might play better on Sunday than it would uh, on a Saturday. Or more often than not, Saturday you're either trying to get even in a series or you're trying to go for a win. Uh, the the lower pressure situation. I think would probably be uh, on uh, on Sat on Sunday, so maybe you move him in there. I don't know. It's probably not. It's not going to be this week. Maybe it's the Manhattan series. Maybe you get through next week with the double midweek. You've also got a double midweek the following week with North Dakota State for two games, and then a three game series with New Orleans. So maybe by the time you get to conference, maybe you've got that thing sorted out. Uh, Travis Stelly hasn't pitched bad. Uh, yeah, you know, the he, defense they, is yeah, awful. The, the comedy of errors in the Vanderbilt game, and then. Uh, yeah, was let down by his defense uh, in the uh, in the loss to Indiana on Sunday. He did get sad. he got saddled with the loss in both of those games. He was not the reason why Texas lost those games. If there was any decision I question from David Pierce, I felt like he stayed with Staley about an inning too long. Probably should have pulled him, let a, let somebody come out of the bullpen in a, with a clean start, let them come in and start a clean inning. Uh, but that that didn't happen. That wasn't the case. So we'll see what happens. Uh, offense clearly, you, you got to get it picked up if you're the Longhorns. They come into this thing. Cameron batting 214 as a team, 314 
slugging a 337 team slugging, excuse me, a 314 team on base percentage. Uh, and then base running, you got to get better. You're seven for 11 stolen bases right now, including the three caught stealing that you had last in that Sunday loss to Indiana last week. So first true road games of the season for the Longhorns. We'll see how they do starting at 8 o'clock tonight against Fullerton. All right, we've put this off long enough. Let's go ahead and hit the Gary Patterson news that we reported yesterday at Horns 24-7. By the way, plenty of good stuff you can get at Horns 24-7. You heard Mike Roach in the last hour with uh, our weekly visit with him, talking all things Texas recruiting. You got plenty of Texas recruiting news notes and nuggets up at Horns 24-7. Got the insider. We mentioned a little bit yesterday talking about Tashar Choice. I know we heard Mike's take on Tashar Choice. Talking about him and the insider, though, turning down uh, an approach by the L.A. Rams to maybe take their running backs coaching job on Sean McVay's staff. Uh, he's going to stay at Texas, though. So plenty of news notes and nuggets up at Horns 24-7. Uh, but one of those pieces that uh, Chip Brown's byline is on it, reported this yesterday, uh, this is straight from Gary Patterson. He's stepping back from his role as special assistant to Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, you can get the full quotes at Horns 24-7. But uh, I do want to get to one key part of this, though. And this is Gary Patterson talking about Pete Kwiatkowski. Uh, Patterson said he really vibed with Kwiatkowski. I'm reading verbatim from Chip's story. Said Patterson said he really vibed with Kwiatkowski. Quote, 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 as a coach who built his reputation on doing more with less, I think PK and I have that in common. Uh, Patterson said when he took the special assistant role at Texas, he found himself doing a lot of the same things he did when he was the head coach at TCU. He'd studied film of an upcoming opponent of an upcoming opponent all week and submit his ideas for the game plan to the Texas defensive coaching staff on Sunday. Quote, in time for them to decide if they wanted to use it or not. Patterson said, adding, quote, Sark didn't ask me to do all that. I just wanted to try to help the way I knew how. Uh, GP said he really likes Steve Sarkeesian, likes the way he deals with people. Uh, he taught some things about setting aside time to talk to players, parents, and to talk to re- players' parents and talk to recruits. So you can get the full rundown from Gary Patterson on why he's choosing to lead Texas. But I want to get to some of these Pete Kwiatkowski cuts because I think it does a really good job of framing kind of what their relationship was like. And look, we know Gary Patterson came in after one of the most uh, one of the most historically bad seasons a Texas defense has ever had. And the bowl game was really the first time we got to talk to PK once they, this staff got into games and started game planning and sharing ideas and through a full season. So this first cut we're going to hear that Cameron has prepared. This is Pete Kwiatkowski from the Alamo Bowl just talking about kind of the 30,000-foot view of how he handled Gary Patterson coming onto the staff and what it was like working with him throughout the regular season. I embraced it in the fact that I'm always about what can we do to better ourselves, better the organization, better the defense, and, and having Gary come in, he's a great sounding board, he's been in the league for forever, you know, but obviously a really awesome defensive coach, and so his ideas and um, um, were welcome, and so, um, yeah, I get it. Um, Big boy, and I understand. I mean, this is a what have you done for me lately, profession? Um, but so is so is every profession at a at a high level, right? Whether it's a freaking uh, CEO or football coach. Um, so I embraced it and you use it to, to help us get better. All right, and if you're ready to nerd out on some X's and O's football. 
Pete, we, we talked about this during the season. We talked about it on the show. We talked about it on the Blitz. I wrote about it in Horns 24-7. And I did wonder at times, you know, especially when the, the secondary Texas would have a rough game, I'm like, man, I just wonder if that, you know, that pattern match quarters, that, you know, it's Gary Patterson's done it. You know, Pat Narduzzi is probably most famous for it. I just wonder if, if maybe evolution has made that scheme maybe easier to figure out or if you need to do something else. No, I think Texas maybe just needed some time to really get adjusted to it. We saw what the product looked like in 2021 and then how much better it looked like as 2022 went on. And this is PK talking about some of that pattern match uh, cover four that they were working on and how big of a help Gary Patterson was in helping implement that and get this team to where it ended up being by the end of the season. One of the things that, 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 that he really helped with was when you're playing match quarters, he's seen all the, the – the issues that teams trying to attack you with. So he was he was really good at um, bringing those to our attention, and then um, you know, so our guys. We, so we were seeing them seeing them in practice before we played the game. Sometimes they showed up, and sometimes they didn't. But you know, the guys were seeing all these issues, and now they're they're able to self correct because they know what what issues that offenses can can do to try and attack. You know. Um, that's really good stuff there from Pete Kwiatkowski. Again, that was at the uh, at the Alamo Bowl, uh, talking about Gary Patterson and the impact that he had on the defense this year. And you just look at the numbers, Cam. And what you know what's interesting is I think it just shows you how much better Texas was against the run this year than they were last year because you know they did that they had more teams throwing the ball. They fa- I'll, I'll put it to you like this. The 2021 Texas defense faced 377 official pass attempts. The 2022 defense, 501. Because in 21, teams didn't need to throw the ball. You could run it pretty much wherever you wanted to, however you wanted to against Texas. But just look at the difference. A couple statistics. Yards per play, 6.0 allowed in 2021, 4.9 allowed. In 20, you're almost a full yard per play. And Cameron, you do enough statistics when you're talking about a over a yard difference in yards per play allowed, that is a monumental improvement from one year to the next. Yeah, because it changes your first down run from being a six-yard run to second and four to possibly maybe second and six, second and seven. And that will completely change how your opponent will call the next play. And it also gives more confidence to your defense knowing that, man, we're getting gashed. And two years ago, Texas was getting gashed, Jeff. Yeah. It, it was, you know, it just felt like, why even throw the ball against us. You can yeah. just hand the ball off to your running back and just go down the field against us. The last year, and I think huge part was development from from Bo Davis' squad and Jeff Choate's linebacker squad because they both did a great job stopping the run with, with Ojimo and Coburn in the middle. We talked about the development of Alfred Collins coming up, and then Jalen Ford, too, felt like he was a really good run-stopping linebacker. I mean, there was only one play, and it was Jameer Gibbs' long touchdown run, which I think it was Jalen Ford who just took the wrong Wrong angle. Yeah, wrong if you gap. look if you look at that, uh I think yeah, Baron Sorrell, I think, at the point of attack okay. is kind of guilty of getting washed inside. Yeah. There was some there was it was just a cluster on that. But that, that was the only run for what felt like the first half of the season that was like that was a bad run given up. Even in, even in the back half, you had the Kendra Miller run against TCU. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, they were just giving up. They were really good. They were more disruptive up front. The defensive line improvement really helped in terms of their run defense. Uh, and when you look at yards per play allowed, because Texas was, they were one of the better defenses in a Big 12, one of the better defenses in the country. 
uh, at eliminating it in terms of yards allowed before contact. There were a lot of games where they're averaging like 0.1, 0.2 yards per carry before contact. Just a really good job by that defense. A couple other statistics that I think are worth looking at. Cam, to your point, yards per carry allowed, 5.1 in 2021, three and a half in 2022. Uh, opponent completion percentage, 67.6 in 2021, 62.9 in 2022. Did a much better job of playing the football, of disrupting the quarterback, disrupting timing, disrupting rhythm. So all of that stuff, and and let's look at the bottom line. You don't want to let, let people in the end zone. Your points per game went from 31.1 allowed in, in 2021 to 21.6. You're almost 10 points per game allowed better one year to the next and a high scoring conference you were a better you were a better infinitely better and that goes down to situational football man that means you're better third down defense you're better fourth down defense you're better in the red zone all that stuff that's what adds up to being to having one of the in terms of a statistical turnaround it's one of the best in school history pk and the staff obviously a ton of credit for that we've talked about player development it's been there on defense but Gary Patterson did have a role in helping this defense get things turned around, and that's why this defense looks like they're on a nice trajectory heading into 2023. All right, got to take a break. Come back, close out this edition of Light the Tower. On the Horn, live, local, and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com. All right, time to say goodbye for today and for the broadcast week. Cameron, awesome job today and this week, sir. Enjoy your weekend, Jeff. Shout out to you again. Get your Craigway fixed tonight, 745 with the pregame, 8 o'clock first pitch, Texas at Cal State. Fullerton. For the absent Craig Way, for Cameron Parker, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back on Monday to light the tower on the horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.